On today's episode of the Smoking Tire Podcast, what a delight. We have Aloisa Roof in studio, the daughter of Alloy and Estonia Roof. They were on our podcast a couple of years ago. And Aloisa really taking the reins of the family business, uh, learning her way uh, up all the way from the production line to the marketing to the social media. And we have an amazing conversation about her history in the company, uh, some of the family's cars and their collection, uh, what it's like to, uh, to, to represent this brand, and uh, some of the things she's been doing in California, as well as some of the amazing new products that Roof has in the pipeline. So please be nice and welcome the wonderful and talented Aloisa Roof to the Smoking Tire Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Off The Record. We love Off The Record. They are here to help. If you get a ticket for anything, big, small, don't plead guilty. That is for suckers. You need Off The Record and the smoking tire will get you there. Go to offtherecord.com slash TST or download the Off The Record app and use code TST10. Off The Record will set you up with an attorney who will fight that ticket on your behalf. You don't need to go to court. You don't need to meet with prosecutors. You don't need to go to the cops. You don't need to do anything. Off the record is here, and they will deal with it. And if they don't get those points off your record, money-back guarantee. I love off the record, and you guys objectively love off the record. You tell me so in the DMs, in the emails all the time. So get it on your phone. Get that account ready. That way, if you get pulled over, you know where to go and you know what to do. Their success rate is amazing. They can even reopen closed cases if you need to get points off your record and renegotiate after the fact. Pretty amazing stuff. Offtherecord.com slash TST or code TST10 in the Off the Record app. Yeah. Do you know the story of that car or anything? Just no. found it in Oh, of my Boxster? Yeah, the Boxster. Oh, no, no, not the DeLorean. <laughs> I was like, unfortunately, not <laughs> no, yet. Not um, no, I, it was just a friend helped me find the car, and nice. I was looking for a daily driver here. Nice. It's a yeah. great L.A. daily, isn't I know, it? I know, I know. It's perfect for the, you know, parking lot that's a 405 sometimes. Yeah, I know. And it's also really not fun to drive in the canyons. Yeah. I've I've made our, I've, you know, I've driven every 911 you can imagine, but... I have a bo- I bought a Boxster too because yeah. it's the best. Yeah, they're just, I don't know if it's the best, but it's a fun car. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. Mine has a 4.5 liter engine in it. It's oh, okay, that's why it's monster. the best. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you actually, you know, now I've. Why didn't I bring it? Aloisa and Al, Al like they would appreciate my <laughs> stupid engine more so than many other people. Yeah, not, we have, hopefully mine, not the last time we're it's here. A, it's actually a very uh, roof type car. It's okay. got it's got a huge naturally aspirated engine in a very little car. It goes really fast. Yeah, sounds like something we would do. But have you <laughs> driven a Ford Mach E before? Yeah, Pardon? but have you, have driven, you driven the electric, electric Ford, Ford SUV? Ford? No, see. I I rode I'm my sure she's driven I rode my electric bicycle box. here today. You rode a bicycle here? Electric. I live very close. Oh, and, okay. and my electric bicycle goes 45 miles an hour. Oh, okay. It's so dangerous. <laughs> That's crazy. No, Please no. wear a helmet with that. It's re- I, I should and I don't. It's very <laughs> dangerous. Are we good, Zach? Mm-hmm. All right. This is now the show. Here you are. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Such a pleasure. You guys, uh, you guys had a good week, didn't you, up yes. north? Yes, up north. Showed two new cars. Took home two trophies for your very, very old car. <laughs> Actually, we showed three new cars. Three new cars? Yes. I forgot. There was the green car? 
Yes, which is which a is, tribute. Yeah, that's a, that thing is crazy. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Then there's the the speedster thing. Yes, the spider. The spider. Yeah, Sorry, the that poor spider. nomenclature. <laughs> uh, and then what's the third car? The CTR3 Evo, which is the oh, evolution right. of our CTR3 Club Sport. Right, right. I did see that at the Quail, mm-hmm. um, but I forgot that there that that actually has a brand new dual clutch gearbox in it now it does, too. It Finally, does. <laughs> right? Because that car was like super, super crazy. Yeah. But it could only work with the Tiptronic gear gearbox because the torque right isn't that, that is what true. i heard yeah, yeah, yeah. so dual clutch is uh sort of the full the final the, the final, final touch, thing that yeah. it needed yeah which is probably makes it quite good i think it's quite good yeah it's probably <laughs> probably real crazy it is it is 800 horsepower yeah horizontally opposed it's just insane six cylinder twin turbo all the good stuff yeah <laughs> and now here here you are we had we had your parents on the show at the old studio and Alloy's actually just chilling in the lounge right now he's like <laughs> he's like she gets to do radio he literally is like I'm on vacation <laughs> so as you kind of uh, work your way right into the uh, the old family business which is all right yeah yeah is this Let's go. Let's go back to the beginning. Were you interested in this business when you were a kid? Did you understand the significance of it? As a kid, you never really fully understand the significance of what your parents do. Right. Um, and I like to say that I grew up in it very organically. Mm. The automotive love affair was always part of my life, and I always like to say that passion and love is contagious, and especially when it comes from people that you care about. So always being around my father and always being in the workshop, it was always something that was part of me Mm. and it's a family business as a kid you're running around in the workshop with some tools and wrenches and having a good time and wanting to learn more and then it became more serious and serious you know in my late teens when I was in middle school and high school I was actually working in a restoration department Mm. because that's something we're actually less famous for but we restore old cars yeah that was like how how it sort of started and yeah. then it was like hey by the way so some of put my 600 horsepower in this car <laughs> <laughs> so some of my father's um first employees are still around and they were there when the cars were new so they do the restoration right for less than i got to work with them and before moving to la the past year i started working on the production line in the ct anniversary oh cool so is that because is that fun. something that you wanted to do or did 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 the old man say, "Look, if you wanna, if you wanna learn this business, you need to learn all the elements of the business." He's never told me what to do and what not to do when it comes to the business because he never wanted to push me into something. Mm. And especially, it's a business where you have to, you have to be passionate about it. Otherwise, you're not gonna succeed in it. And like in anything in life, if you do what you love, success is close. Sure. And. It was, it was always very organic, and I told him I want to wrench because I'm interested in doing it. And then he, of course, was absolutely supportive and said, okay, this is the best because you need to understand how the cars work before even being able to. Right. So what did you start by? What was, the, what was like the first thing you were wrenching on? Uh, 356 Convertible oh. D. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. That's yeah. a pretty simple car. It's a pretty simple car, and yeah. you have to learn the basics first right. before you go into the intricacies of you sure. Know, super powerhouses that we create. Well, yeah. There's obviously a level of yeah. uh, of detail that comes into these, the, you know, the crazy cars that yeah. you know, smaller margins of error. Exactly. Yeah. You could half fuck up a three fifty six. They'll still get you home. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try not to. I've driven some bad ones. Like oh, so, you know, they'll they run. They'll they will actually. You can run one of them things on one cylinder. It'll oh, get you God, home. It I won't know. be good. But, but it'll it's get not you. about getting you home. It's about having the engine perfectly. I know. I'm joking. <laughs> but it's a good practice 
practice car is what I'm saying. Mm, Especially if, you know, if you go back before they became ridiculously valuable. Exactly. And then two years ago, I restored the said 912 that I mentioned earlier to you. Mm -hmm. I did the full restoration of that myself. Wow. How long did that take? It's still still taking. Still going? (laughs) Yeah, because, I mean... You always find something new to wrench on and something mm-hmm. new to fix, which is... Is it a mechanical restoration or yes. cosmetic or No, um, cosmetic to the minimum. I love my patina. Okay. So I did the mechanical. I did some love work to the interior and make sure that the rust doesn't keep rusting away. Yeah. Restored and upgraded? No, extra not power? upgraded. No, no, no. Keep not slow, slow? Uh, <laughs> yes. I wanted to keep it authentic and original. Those are slow. I know. But they don't feel slow. That's the art of it. They don't feel slow until you drive something else. <laughs> uh, that's a good point. If it's the only car you ever drive, then it's just fine. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah with, with context, slow. <laughs> slow. <laughs> but there's some folks here in L.A. that can make them go pretty fast. I know. Have you visited any of those people? Yes, yes. Benton? Um, no, not Benton. He's the, he's the 912 guy. If okay. you want a really fast 912, like he's, he's the, he makes them go pretty okay. fast. Yeah. 200 horsepower and, oh my God. Or, em- or Emery yeah. you know he doesn't do 912s but his four cylinder engine is, no. is incredible insane yeah, insane. yeah lovely and then what did you do on the on the CTR3 line what, you said, did you say you worked on the CTR anniver- mm, on the production line the CTR line? anniversary yeah. is the car we released in 2017 uh-huh. which was inspired by the Yellowbird from 1987 yes and that car started going into production or development to production in 2017 and we sh- first showed it in 2017 for the 30 year that was um, when your parents came on the show. The ye- it was it was oh. yellow. The original, the first one was yellow. Yes. Yeah, they brought it. They brought it to us to show us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. It was that I car. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They were making the rounds in in L. A. Mm, okay. Um, and that's the car that looks like a Porsche, but is definitely not a Porsche. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I have a. I don't know. I have a really. Um, yeah, that's right. That's there right. It is. There. I have a uh, sometimes the 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 letters and numbers, the CTR and the SCR. Yeah. I have a hard time keeping them straight. I understand. Because I am stupid. No. But no. there's a there's a way to decode them. Yes. What do the letters stand for? They're quite simple. I mean, CTR means C-class turbo roof. Okay. And, then, and SCR. Um, SCR comes from the SC. Oh, right. Roof, okay. Because we created an SCR back in the seventies. And then... And then what are the other ones? Well, we have the CTR3, which yeah. is the third generation. Okay. Oh, so yeah, then you just add numbers to <laughs> We just right. add numbers to them, but they all look quite different. So we have the CTR1, which is the original Yellowbird right. nickname. Then you have the CTR2, the CTR3, CTR3 Club Sport and Evo that we now release. Yeah. I mean, they just keep adding to them. And then there's BTR. Yes, B-Class, turbo roof. So what, what is the difference between B-Class and C-Class? It comes from racing. So it comes from from GT racing, and then you have the different classes. Okay. That's subsidized. Yeah. So I have you have to be German, I think. <laughs> they're or, very very I, German names. I, they <laughs> are very they're very like uh, very serious. Uh, it's you know Yellowbird is actually I know that 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 someone else came up with that. Yeah. Uh, a magazine writer. Yeah, from Road uh, and Track. Yeah, an American, by the way, yes. and I write for Road and Track. Americans, we do whimsical names. Hellcat. You know, <laughs> the Germans are like, oh, this is a BTR, and it and it you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very factual. We title them, and you make them more fun. Right, yeah. yeah. But let's be honest, Yellowbird worked for you guys. Very well. Yeah. Very, very Yellowbird well. is like, ooh, I need to know what, what that is. Yeah. I just bought, a, someone made a Yellowbird hot sauce that I just got. How do you like it? I haven't tried it yet. I haven't opened it it's yet. It's one of my favorite hot sauces. Uh, Phil- Phillips yeah. uh, Yellowbird. Is it good? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Okay, cool. Is he using the name with permission? Yes, of okay. course. 
<laughs> it's good hot sauce, I think. Everyone keeps like, you should try this stuff. So no, I'm kind of excited. Oh, don't they have good. it at the cafe at the Peterson? At the Myers Mex cafe. Myers I know. Cafe. I know. I was spoiled when I was working there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's phenomenal. Yeah, food. those guys are like they're really getting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just had a. Uh, a really big week. I mean, you've got the new products, and you've got your your uh, your father's car took home multiple trophies, which is a, an amazing story. Yeah. Can you tell us the story of the Quick Blau 901? Absolutely. So Porsche released. There it is. Oh, there it is. That's, yeah, and and, and the audience sees what we see. So oh, if you okay. talk about a photo, the video version of the podcast, it's a visual thing. Okay, wonderful. So yeah, right here in Sonnet's Glory, um, driving with the Ram is the 1963 Quick Blau, which is the oldest uh, 911 prototype that is currently in existence, which is a prototype of the 901. Yeah, it's like a prototype of prototype. Of the prototype, yeah. exactly, exactly. Porsche people like drooling, prototype, <laughs> mm. is it paint to sample? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess so, <laughs> you could say so. It was yeah. probably painted with like a spray can, honestly. <laughs> That's <laughs> like, actually Quick Blau as its nickname, which could have come Which is, up, is that the color? Uh, no, it's enamel blue and it's yeah. an early 356 color oh, that was okay. used on this car it's a quite it's a nice color um so in this car has a twin brother called the barbarossa and another well actually it's a pack of triplets there's a barbarossa which was in signal red mm. the quick blow and someone and another car called the citronenfalter which is a very german name for translates to the yellow butterfly oh all of these three pro- prototypes were basically um the first 911s in existence. The Barbarossa had a two-instrument dashboard and had many, many other little details that very much are different than the production car that we all know and love. And the Quick Blow is the oh, that's my father. And the Quick Blow is the first um, 901 in its essence that actually made it into production the way it was shown. So it was a show car. Mm. Which, um, so it looks, you know, you'd have to be a real nerd to look at this thing on the street and go, and that know. is, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, it's a beautiful old car, yeah. but, but if to, to see it drive around, you wouldn't immediately go, oh, it's that is, yeah. yeah. Well, it was the first uh, 911 or 901 that you could say with the five instrument dashboard and it has a crinkle, shrinkle finish, crinkle mm. finish, I always get those two mixed up in the dashboard and you see, if you go back to two photos, which is a selfie of my dad and I, three photos maybe. One more. One more, one more. Four more photos. <laughs> this one. Here you can see that it has the early 356 Porsche emblem still. So it's all oh, in yeah. the attention to details where they were bringing parts of the 356 into the 911 mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how the final production car is going to be. Now, when this car was shown in 1963, it was shown hand in hand with the 904 which is quite impressive, and they kind of tucked this car away because Porsche wasn't sure if it's going to be a hit mm-hmm. because it, Porsche was only a 15-year-old brand. They were, you know, very powerful with their 356s. What's going to be next? Yeah. So they showed this car with a wooden buck engine, so it never had an engine in oh. itself that belonged to that car. Now, afterwards, it was owned by the Porsche family and by the Piech family, and partially driven also by the Metzger family. So it was always a family it's like car. and they were the all the royalty of Porsche I know. people, right? And they were all test driving and engine testing and seeing if this is going to be the next production car. And after it was approved, the 901 went into production. And we all know the story with Peugeot and it turned into the 911. However, this car um, had a quite a little sad part to its story. It was supposed to be destroyed because it was a piece of metal without an engine. Mm. They couldn't sell it. And all of the bits and pieces were off, which 
like any prototype, everything was made to measure, so yeah. no spare parts would fit. And my grandfather bought it in 1968 um, off of the factory because he saw the car, fell in love with the color, and asked for the price. He said, it's going to be destroyed, it's going to go to the junkyard. So he says, I'm taking this home to my son, and he's going to put an N12 engine in it because the it's cylinder is going to be too strong. It's interesting that they allowed that. I mean, I don't yeah. think they're the, they didn't have the regulate, you know, now, like... I've I've tried to buy like pre-production cars before that mm -hmm. I've tested. I was like, just give me this one. I just you know. yeah, yeah. And they're like, absolutely not. It's super illegal. We can't do it. <laughs> and but but back then it was but like this oh. is the '60s. Yeah, yeah. No one cared. Mm -hmm. Just just take it. And then it just a be, it just became a car. Exactly. Yeah. And at the time when your father put a 912 engine in and was just driving it around, was it special or was it just? A car. It was very special to him. It was his first 9/11. Right, but the history. But I mean the history of it. Besides it being a 9/11 and being his first 9/11, was this was there a significance of what it had done before? Did anyone care that it was a prototype? That's what I mean. He didn't know. He yeah. just knew that something was off because every time he was fixing and working on it, the parts, the parts from the factory fit. wouldn't fit, and That's he was wondering funny. what what is this car? But he made it. Porsche's QC really sucks. <laughs> no, <laughs> none, none of these parts fit. <laughs> so um, he actually changed the color of the car into a blue metallic. He wanted it to look like a 911S. You, you know, you're in right. your 20s. You want it to be right. cooler than it is. And he, the irony of the irony of like you know right. he painting know. over of exactly. course but it's just with age comes the wisdom of exactly. doing that kind of thing. <laughs> and um, yeah, he wanted to sell the car, and then the gentleman that was test driving the car totaled it, unfortunately. What on a test drive? On the test drive, so the car was never sold to our luck, and my father tucked it away, and he didn't have the time or the means to restore it. It was abs I mean, it was fully, fully totaled. And he put it in the, in the catacombs. And then five years ago, he found engine number 22, a 901 engine. And he said, I have a little something that I would like to bring back to life. Hmm. So it's been in our family for 55 years. We, I mean, I don't know if you just used this word, uh, you, but we, you kind of glazed over it there. The catacombs? Yeah. What is that? Like our, our I archives. know what a catacombs is, <laughs> but like, how does that apply to you guys? No, like in our archives. Oh, in our, okay. In our so you have, you have a shed somewhere? Yeah. Yeah, as one does. As one does. Yeah, and With how long did it sit in the? Pressure. How long did it sit in the shed for? Well, we had the car for fifty-five years, oh. so around forty years. Yeah, all right. <laughs> that's a lot of. That's patience. Yeah, it's patience. Just waiting for a nine hundred one engine. Is there any real difference between a nine hundred one engine and a nine eleven engine besides the stamping? Besides the number, no. Yeah. Well, you have some different little bits and pieces that you could geek out on, but. Fundamentally, Pretty, same fundamentally, deal. Same, same deal. deal. Yeah. yeah, and then you had to obviously remake the parts because the, oh, yes. the factory stuff doesn't fit. Yes, and um, the people that I mentioned to you earlier, one of my father's first employees, who I see him as uncle, they're the same age. Um, he basically worked on restoring the car, so we restored it fully in house, just fitting for the 60-year 9/11 anniversary. How long did the restoration take? Three years. And now you have trophies. So, no, we so, have he did, so he did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And is, is, and is the emotional. restoration business still an important part of the roof business? It's more something that I mean, everything we do is out of passion, but so, that's just for for our little geek hearts to have fun with it and sure. to bring cars back to life that we care. Sure. Uh, I imagine you've driven this car. I have. Is it lovely? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. It's just you know the classic sound of a 911. I mean, I grew up sitting in the back of it, so it just feels like home. Yeah. 
I saw you guys on the tour. You were having a good time. Yeah, you saw us. Yeah, I like, I, I, your, mom, like your mom, def, yeah, your mom like definitely saw, I was like, I was leaning way in uh, on, a, on the inside of a curve in Big Sur and, and you guys seemed like you were having a really good time. Yeah, we were having a lot of fun. It's, it's, it's an amazing story uh, for that car. And like you said, it's the oldest 911 of any kind in existence, yes. right? How many were made, do you know how many were made the before that that are not in existence? Well, like I said, this is a pack of triplets. So, uh -huh. you have so the, the other two accounted So the Barbarossa still exists. Okay. That's chassis number seven. Uh -huh. Ours is chassis number six. Oh. And chassis number seven lives in Pennsylvania. And what about one through five? Gone? Nobody lost, knows. lost in the ether. Lost, lost in the ether. That's an amazing story. That's really, really cool. Thank look at that you. four up in that thing. Yeah, look at us. Your tears Man, of your, happiness. Your poor mom. You're, you got shotgun there. Your mom's stuck no, in the back. It's a family car. <laughs> yeah. Who's the fourth person in that? That's my sister. Oh, that's your sister. That's oh, great. My sister. How and you guys had to drive it across the uh, the stage at, I know. at the concourse. It's the huh? first time that that car even touched American grounds. Oh, it really? Never made it to America. Yeah. That's a that's a put it on an airplane kind of car. That's, that's not put it we on don't an airplane put, kind of car. We don't car. put that on a boat. Mm -mm. That's straight airplane. How lovely. And have you did you get to drive it much before Pebble Beach or was it pretty yes, much like yes. finish it and get it over here? No, no, no. We drove it well, we drove it on Sunday drives. When the car finished in its restoration, my dad took it everywhere and he was taking everybody. He's like, Look, this is the car. My that's first fantastic. And um, we actually also won the Concourse of Elegance and Le Como. Oh, that's it. Oh, so you're, oh, so you're extra trophies. Yes. So many trophies. So many trophies. That's great. It's the first time for us to participate in any of these events as competitors. Well, I would say that was us. a good return on your investment yes. you know, for restoring <laughs> the car. I think you've done well there. I think, you think that's going to drive restoration business? Um, we didn't do it for to drive restoration business. Well, it, it, might. Mean it, it, mean it might. It doesn't mean it's It might. It might. But um, yeah, this is just. A personal luxury that we decided yeah. to invest in to bring yeah. us back. And I mean, now life. it seems like some of your fam, the, the company's earlier builds, the cars that were done in the 80s, yeah. are now old enough that they might be coming back for restoration and yeah. refurbishing as that's well. That's right? true, that's true, yeah. Can you guys build me, if I wanted one, a new old car? A new old car, elaborate. Like, could, <laughs> like, like if I wanted a, a a CTR, yes. and I sent you a G-body car. Could you build me one from that, or Unfortunately, is Unfortunately, no. No, okay. No. It's 29 CTR ones. That's it? That's it. Okay, but if I sent you, like, okay, that's a specific example. Okay. But like, would do you guys have a package where if I sent you a 930 or something that you could do upgrades Not for and stuff? 930s right now. We have um, the RCT package, which is my, one of my personal favorite cars. Which is what? Which is based on a body in white, body in white 1964. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And is so that a turbocharged that. or naturally aspirated car? Um, single turbocharged. Single turbocharged. Yeah, okay. So, much so that's fun. probably rowdy. Yes, very. Yeah. And then we have the Turbo R, which is the 993 base. Those are my personal favorite, just because the look is so spectacular. Thank you. I drove Bruce's Yellow Bird. Yeah. Which was unbelievable. I mean, it was so different from a 930. And I actually just got to have a go, a real go in a 959, and it was close to that. I mean, it wasn't based on a 930. It was based in a Carrera 3.2 oh, yeah. liter. But just with that, uh, that powertrain is yeah. so much different than what Porsche was doing at the time. Oh, absolutely. It's I mean, crazy. we 
The Yellow Bird is the first twin turbocharged N11 in yeah. history. Yeah. You beat Porsche to the punch with Yeah. It, it's totally different. It sounds different. It feels different. Yeah. And the power delivery is insane. It's so fast. Uh, what a delightful machine. It's a machine. lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. But the 993 is fucking sexy. That's a, that's a great, agree. great car. Yeah. That gray one that Bruce Canepa has is oh, like, I know. oh, it's fabulous. It's beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> is that, what's your favorite from the history, from the catalog? Folks, I got to take a quick break from the action for Factor. I love Factor because I don't eat until it's too late. And the reason I don't do that is because I don't make time for myself to eat. And then what happens? I eat bad food. I overeat. I get off my diet. I do things I shouldn't do because I am starving because I didn't make the time. But time is one thing that Factor can save. It's America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. They can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, you'll eat well, and you'll stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. I love these factor meals. They're a great complement to a busy day. I wish I had one today. I wouldn't feel so frantic, but I ran out of factor. We ate it all. They haven't sent me more yet. If you're too busy this fall to cook, but you want to make sure you're eating well, with factor, you can skip the extra trip to the grocery store, skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up too, while still getting the flavor and the nutritional quality that you need. Factor's fresh, never frozen meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat up and enjoy and then get back to crushing those goals. If you're looking for calorie conscious options during the busy season, try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. If you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best, try protein plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Get factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh flavor packed meals delivered to your door ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. Get over to factormeals.com slash tire50. That's factormeals.com slash tire50. And then use code tire50 to get 50% off. Code tire50 at factormeals.com slash tire50 to get 50% off. Folks, we're also brought to you today by GameTime. That's GameTime.co. If you are trying to buy tickets to a favorite event, maybe you want to surprise your significant other or your partner. Maybe you want to surprise your kid for their birthday. Maybe you want to surprise your dad for Father's Day. When is Father's Day? It's after Father's Day. Not forget Father's Day, Labor Day, Columbus Day, Christmas Whatever it is, that process shouldn't be stressful. Game time. It's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and getting hyped for the fun you have. I've talked over and over about how I used game time to buy some courtside WNBA tickets for my wife, and we had a great time. She loved it. Taylor Swift. That's in the news. I can just say it for the SEO. Taylor Swift. Metallica just sold out SoFi here. I'm going to that Power Up Festival out in Palm Springs. It's going to be awesome. Game Time's got flash deals and last-minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event. You can even see the view from the seats right, using that Game Time app. And, of course, they've got the lowest price 
guarantee, event cancellation protection, and job loss protection. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. And I've just listed them off. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds. It's just two taps and you're set. The tickets are sent right to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Get those tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, or use code SMOKINGTIRE for $20 off your first purchase. Get the app or go to GameTime.co not .com, .co. Some terms apply. Create an account and redeem code SMOKINGTIRE for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And now back to the show. Oh, that's always hard. I know. That's always but still, but That's why we, we ask the hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do love the CTR anniversary. Just... I got to be part of the whole development of the cars. It's also very personal, but it also just so much fun. It's, I mean, back in the day, I mean, we, we came onto the map with the world's fastest car, and now horsepowers are horsepowers. It's all about the driving experience and how drivable a car is. Like, can you have fun with it on track? Can you have fun with it in canyons? But can you also drive in traffic? Mm-hmm. Because um, for us, it's really important to take all these boxes and the CT anniversary. It's just, it doesn't fight you when you're driving. It's, just it's a synergy and you feel every you're controlling the car the car isn't driving you you're driving it and, and then when the turbo whistles oh, just, as manufacturers weird. move towards dual clutch and automated gearboxes and then and then electric cars and such does that leave that hole open for people like you guys to give lightweight stick shift you know really analog driving experiences yeah we keep that alive in yeah. our in our own way yeah what is your like you know, obviously, you were just here in in Los Angeles doing a, a gig at the at the Peterson, which is fun, gives you some LA experience, which everybody <laughs> should have. But uh, when you're back home, what does your day look like at the company? What does my day look like? Yeah, every day is absolutely different. So my official title is public relations, marketing, and do, I basically do all the merchandise work for the company. However, it's always I try to work two days a week in the production line, mm. like as a mechanic, and be part of creating the cars just because I have so much fun doing it and I learn so much every day because it's always an endless journey and always an endless way of troubleshooting and trying to find solutions and it's a lot, a lot of fun. But I also um, help customers spec out cars. Um, I also attend customers when they come visit. So it's a whole. What does that production line look like? You guys are a very small volume company. So yes. how many cars are being built at a time on, around, the, on the line? Around 10. Oh, that's 10 more cars. than I would have thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and are there there's there's stations? The yes. car goes from station to yes, station? Yes, from station to station. So what is your position on the line when you dive in? Do you, oh, do you try it, it absolutely all, depends. Um, so actually before I moved to LA, I was just doing some brake work, okay. putting in the brake calipers and... Also some air air conditioning work because I do not know much about how air conditioning works. So a, I was trying ghost, to dive into science. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So you guys using electric air fully electric air yeah. conditionings now? Yeah, we that's are. nice. Yeah, it's yeah. really nice. But I have so much to learn you. out of that because when it comes to electrical work, I'm yeah. still learning. It's confusing stuff. I get it. <laughs> yeah. But that's amazing. That's really that's really neat. And then and then with the merchandising stuff, I actually really liked the watch. Thank you. That was, I, you know, I have a, I have a real thing with car and watch collaborations. Mm-hmm. Usually, 
they're terrible. Like, usually they're just, you know, whether it's the Breitling and Bentley one or the Lamborghini and, and Roger, like, they're just just heinous looking. Like, I just hate them all. Porsche design, pretty good, but also a different sort of thing. But when I saw the, um, the one that you guys did uh, with Tag, and um, I actually called uh, Corey at Con, and I was like, hey, man, can I get one of those? And I did not get an allocation. Oh, yeah. I, they were sold out. But yeah, that's grab oh, a photo yeah, of it so uh, with Bamford. And I thought this was a really nice looking uh, Tag uh, Carrera. Mm-hmm. Pretty pretty simple, just the yellow details, the roof logo, which I thought was very nice on a good strap. I've always been looking for an excuse for a Carrera because I love the design of the of the watch. I thought this went well. This was a very good Thank one. Thank you. Yeah. Is this you? Yeah, it was, I was working together with George Bamford to, to create this watch. And he seems fun. He's so wonderful. He seems he's like so fun. Lovely. I never met him, but I would like to. He uh, seems like I'd a good I'd be more good than time. happy to make the introduction. Well, um, the wristband, so it comes with a leather wristband, but we also created one that is made out of the same fabric as the overalls that our mechanics wear. Yeah, that's cool. Which is really cool. a that's fun cool. little detail. And also the back of, I don't know if you can, if there's is more pictures. Is there a, ba- a rear there. shot? Oh, there you go. It looks like our, our, um, our roof rim. Yeah. It's the, the key for me for a watch car collaboration is you have to be able to appreciate it if you know nothing about the car. I agree. Right. Other than if you if it if it doesn't stand on its own aesthetically, then it's kind of a failure. Beautiful green. Thank oh, you. Uh, yeah, really. Is it green? Or is it yes. yellow? It's uh, green. Well, it's green, and then the roof part is yellow. Oh, right, right. I, yeah. I, th- I was thinking about the. Lo- I'm colorblind, <laughs> oh, okay. so like, forgive me, but mm-hmm. I actually cannot see the green of the dial. I oh, thought it was okay. black. Oh, okay. So yeah. I, 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 so yeah, that's so, like, welcome I mean, to colorblindness. The, the dial people. is like. Uh, well, I was going to say it's roof green, but if you can't see the roof green, you know what's think... actually funny is now that you have put that in my head, I can see it. Hmm. It recalibrates your brain that way. Colorblindness is strange. Interesting. It okay. is a deeply inconsistent thing, and you can convince your you can talk your brain in into seeing the right thing if someone tells you. Huh. It's crazy. But you can see greens in general. I can, but if you, but if they, if, it's it's all about like what the background color is and like in the context of it, like, mm-hmm. like, like the easiest way to describe it is camouflage works on me. If you're in the woods and you're wearing camouflage, I can't see you. Okay. But then if someone goes, that's the person and you wave, then I can see you. Like oh, okay. once that you, makes sense. So yeah. like that looks right there against the black background in this photo, mm-hmm. that, that dial looks pretty much black or gray to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But then again, in the other photo, when all, Zach all of a sudden said green, and I all of a sudden saw it when I was told it was there. Weird, Interesting. Right? Yeah, weird. It's why I my I don't dress very well. Oh. <laughs> I don't take because I don't take a lot of risks no. with my outfits. Um, can I ask about one of the most interesting and controversial cars you guys have built? It's called the Rodeo. Of course, ask and away. it is. It looks like a double RL store, just fell uh, collapsed <laughs> on top of a Porsche. Yeah. Is that Ralph Lauren's car? Um, no. Okay. Because Ralph, Ralph Lauren, Lauren's he's guy. a family friend, and I know he's a diehard roof customer. Yeah, he, has, he is. He, he has is. a bunch of your older models. He does. Which are really interesting, and they're all black, blacked out, everything mm-hmm. blacked out. Oh, he also but has a CTR3. Um, he does have a CTR3. Yeah, yeah. Does he still have that car? I don't yeah. know. I hadn't seen it in a while. But this That's thing, so cool. this is a, your take on a safari-type car. 
You look at this photo of the interior. Mm, that's not the car. That's, that's not, is it? That's no, the one. That, that's it. The outside, it's real crazy. Uh, there's a lot going on. There's I like know. there's like leather <laughs> on the outside. It's not a safari car. It's a rodeo car. So I can tell you the backstory. Okay, of please that. tell so me the story of the rodeo. This is my mother's vision brought to life. She used to live in Oklahoma and in Texas and in Kansas, and this was during a time where safari cars were being hyped up again, and everybody wanted a safari car. My mom says. Let's make a rodeo car. Let's do the Houston rodeo car. And that's why we were inspired in the design for the, um, f with this Western flair. And that explains also the lo a lot of leather. And you also wanted to be able to drive it on your ranch. Yeah. And so it's that like was real the, cowboy stuff. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we wanted. And that's what we wanted to create. I hope you find a photo of the interior because I do love the, the interior. The interior is like insane. Yeah. That. Uh, and it also for us, it was a show car and it was, oh, there you go. And it was important for us to show the bottom right. That's the, with the with like the Mexican blanket. Mm -hmm. I love this fabric. I love <laughs> Mexican blanket style interiors. It's just the it's the coolest. What is this a diecast? I think it is, but it's, it's accurate. I think. No, unfortunately, it's, yeah. They put that picture. Yeah. That's the real card. And a little bit to the left, you can oh, see the because the leather is coming out quite orangey. Yeah. So it's the like, leather it's is got, like, very King Ranch kind of leather, like yeah. real saddly leather. That's yeah. what we wanted to. Yeah. That's what we wanted to achieve. And so it was is also, that your mother's car? Or did somebody buy that? It's not her car. No, no, no. It's just in our collection for now. We um, are planning to go into production with this car. Oh, and really? Have the horse. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, um, it's something very different. And it also shows the essence of roof, which is there's never a no. Right. And we can do anything that we want to, especially when it comes to design and looks and it's good to have a little controversial work sometimes. The leather-wrapped uh, brush bar on the front is, uh, <laughs> is is aggressive. I don't know. Does that hold? What happens if you drive in the rain? Is that going to hold? No, up? that's what happens when you hit a cow at 200 miles per hour. <laughs> yeah. the leather wraps around. It the just bar. becomes yeah, part of. It the was a metal bar. I do like the leather, the little leather straps that hold the fog light covers on. Those yeah. are those are very yeah, kind cool. of cool. Very classy. And the, sh the, shovel the shovel on the back is is a fun touch. It's just like it. It's so different from what I've seen from anything else, you know, about Roof, which is like real serious speed stuff yeah. and not a ton of call it whimsy. Mm -hmm. And like and then you guys showed this and I was like, whoa, yeah. like what is going on with this thing? It's insane. <laughs> um, but more Mexican blanket interiors. Please. Yes, I agree. Please. I agree. No, we just had fun with it. It was um, just to show what we can do. Is it all-wheel drive? Yes. It is all-wheel drive. It's all-wheel drive. Yeah. I had a safari car. Yeah. One of Lee Keen's safari oh, okay. cars. okay. That's cool. And it was so fun. Like, off-road Porsches are so, so fun. So much fun. Have you, done, have you driven, like, Porsche rally car before? Not yet. You, I'm you dying must. to. You must. I'm dying to. Yeah. Uh, maybe, you, if, maybe you do the, the uh, below-zero ice driving mm -hmm. with Richard Tuttle, which is supposed to be amazing, mm -hmm. or any of, like, Porsches are so great at loose surface like yeah. they just they slide so easily and you know all that crazy like widowmaker stuff that everybody talks about yeah. on a loose surface that doesn't exist yeah. there's no snapback it's just and it's so a lot of fun i drove the ice race um you know the gp ice race oh you did now called fat mankai 
What's it called? Fat Mankai coming from FAT. Oh, they, re, they, re oh, they renamed it. Yeah. GP Ice Race was better, I think. But what did you drive in it? Um, the Yellowbird and the RCT. Oh, really? Oh, it was so much fun. Oh, that's a good time. <laughs> they, so much. Do they put special tires on it for you? Yes, we put um, spike spoke tires. Uh, yeah, spikes. Spiked yeah, spike yeah, yeah. tires. Yes. That was probably a yeah, good. Yeah, it's an time. old. I, I think I posted an old, old reel. But that's not the car that I, that was mine. But I. Lent it from a friend. It was a while ago. Oh, it's nice when people bought, let oh, you borrow here, yeah. yellow here you birds. See. Oh yeah. Oh, that'd be so well, fun. Wow, that'd be rad with spike <laughs> so tires. That would be oh, a great God. time. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot, a lot of fun. Yeah. I got. <laughs> nice helmet. Thank you. You can go ride a horse after you're done with uh, yeah. the driving that. Myers Manx is also there. The Myers Manx towing a skier. That have you? Did, was there? Did they have a race? A towing yeah. skier race? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. crazy. Here has. This, seem, this seems like a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, so like much fun. Type 30. Is, that a, is this a Bugatti Type 35? Yeah. Looks like it. Yeah. Bu- like pre-war uh, on ice, I think, on narrow, narrow studded yeah. tires would be. Look at us. Look at this yeah. guy. <laughs> great. What a great day. I would I like know. to be anyone in that photo. Yeah. <laughs> the driver, the passenger, the skier, you you name it. Like, I count me in. Yeah, that would be so, so rad. That's cool. So, I mean, outside of something that's built at, at your factory, what is like, what is your, what is your end game dream car? What are you, when you end get, a, you get all the money, what are you doing with it? You like build something, buy something? A D-type? Yes. <laughs> taste. Yeah. That's very nice. D-type, I mean, the elegant, I mean, the E-type is a beautiful car and I think design-wise it's beautiful. Not compared to a D-type. But then you look at, exactly. Compared because to a D-type, always, an E-type is like, come on. I know, I know. Yeah, that's probably one of the first cars. I, ah, the second car. The first car is the first, again, 901. Mm-hmm. My father had a body blue 901 when I was growing up and that was the first car I was taken to school in, had our Sundays and unfortunately we had to sell it around 10 years ago. But. That hopefully for hopefully car. for good money at least, and you you have another nine on one. Exactly, like, no, but like, you know the, that one that how, you grew yeah, up in. Of course, so I'd want to have that back in the collection. Yeah, guys, I got to take a quick break from the action for Prize Picks. It's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America, with the easiest most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six players' stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports apps. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday, each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And Prize Picks is now offering Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this $100. One more time, that's prizepicks.com slash tire and use code tire for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports are made easy with Prize Picks. Now back to the show. So th- that... You know, it's some people are really uh, they really seek that those cars that they they grew up in. For, I want I want the cars that I had on the wall when I was a kid. Yes. Maybe it's because my dad didn't have cars mm-hmm. that were that cool. I don't covet my father's Saab. You know, I don't, Saab. Yeah, I don't know what that. Means. You don't know what a Saab is? A Swedish car? 
Oh, sob. sob. Oh, yeah. S-A-A-B. No, not his, like, tears. <laughs> yes, I covet my father's tears. No, no, his Saab 900 Turbo from 1987. That's what I'm talking about. I was like, you must have heard of a Saab. No, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I don't care about like an That car is gone and is uh, not coming back, and that's, okay. that's fine. Um, but the car is from the poster. The like, you saw my posters. little black Ferrari downstairs. That's Beautiful. That's it for me. Beautiful. You know, slow, stick shift. Makes a great sound. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, can we talk about your art show that you just Absolutely. had? Absolutely, yes. Uh, photography, photography and, and, and cars. Work. And what else? Merchandise. Was merchan- and roof merchan- merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Is it still up? Can people still go? Unfortunately, no. One night only? One night only. What? I haven't posted anything about it. No, I was going to do uh, that today. No, but the um, Period Correct guys yeah, did. If you yeah. want to go to the Period Correct Instagram, they have a very strong merch business, the they Period do, Correct guys do. Really, really high It quality. is all right. And they uh, they posted about it, so there's some photos from the um, the other so, night. Yeah. Are you? Uh, tell me about your your photography uh, hobby. Um, hobby. Hobby or... is that the wrong word? No, no, no. It's the perfect word. Okay. It's the perfect word. Um, I started with photography ever since I had a camera for the first time in my hand, and I always love to capture moments and love to capture the essence of life and hold on to things because I think we all get caught up in how fast paced life can be. And then um, I used to do mostly fashion photography and portrait photography. And then COVID came and I I used to live in Paris. And then COVID came and I moved back home. And I had no interaction with people anymore because they used to be my subjects. I love to capture characters and faces and um, expressions. And then I moved back to Germany and my life just became 200% more cars because that's what I was doing. I was just in the workshop and I there's so much passion and love with the automobile and also in the environment that I find myself in, that I always wanted to synergetically connect both of the worlds. Mm. The passion for cars, but also for the aesthetics and the beauty and the holding on to moments. So um, this art show was called Initium, which is a Latin word to initiate in the beginning, which is quite a funny double entendre because it's my first of many art shows, hopefully, but also to initiate, you know, like the ignition from a car, like to to start going. And here on the image on the left, you can see I'd have some workshop photographs that I took of the mechanics in action, full, full body, last minute, trying to find and troubleshoot and trying to find the solution to. This is actually a picture that was taken in the developing f- phases of the CTR. So that was really important for yeah. me to have, but also just nature shots and. My collage work is also trying to bring those two worlds together of the um, portrait photography with cars. And And as the person who's, you know, responsible for merchandising and all that kind of stuff, there's a there's a very real need for that in the company as well, the artistic touch. I see it's all black and white. Are you shooting film? Yes. Are you? What's your film choice? Um, My film choice? What kind of film do you like? Kodak. Kodak? Portra? Yeah, I like Portra, but Mm -hmm. I also like the... uh, just classic 35 millimeter. Have you ever played with medium or large format? Not yet. I can't. I started. It I bought enough. myself a half frame camera just to have fun with it. Um, I still have to shoot large format and medium. Large format is. I was a photography major in college. Oh, okay. And large format is awesome. Yeah. It's so cool. I mean, a negative. You know, that's that eight size, by ten you is know. In, you know it's the incredible. Way you can blow it up. Yeah, you're you know for those prints like you're showing your show, you're only you're only blowing it up four times. Yeah. So the the depth and the sharpness is just 
It's Maybe beyond. for my next show. Yeah, yeah, try it. I it's, should. And it, it might be tough because you like, it seemed like when I was looking through your work that you kind of like um, these, the, a lot of, well, that, that's a beautiful, is that you? Thank you. Did you shoot that? Yeah. Oh, the Pinaferina Modulo and the Launch Estrato Zero. Yeah. That's a beautiful that shot. Show. You'll have you. to send me a print of that. I really <laughs> like that one. Uh, signed, of course. <clears throat> but um, it's hard to do candids with large format. Because it takes like five minutes to set up a shot. And that's you're not... that's why I was always shut away. Because for me, sure. I don't like posed photos. And okay, yeah, like this gentleman. Yeah, no, you're not <laughs> shooting that with a four by five no, or an eight by can't. ten. But you could, um, like, like you can get handhelds with a with a medium format, and mm -hmm. really, it's medium format's fun. If you like thirty five, medium format's not so big. You can still handhold it. Okay. I recommend trying it okay, if you haven't had a had a go yet. What ca what is your thirty five millimeter camera? An M six. Okay. An M six. That's a lovely yeah. camera. Wonderful. Yeah. I they make a complain. quality piece of hardware. Yeah. And you're very. And uh, it looks like a jewelry item. It does. I love it. It yeah. does. It's real easy to get off the deep end with the camera stuff. Mm -hmm. I've tried to like resist resist it. I still have my old Pentax from the 1980s. Really? Yeah, and I, I just had it refurbished, and I shoot with that. Oh, my 35, but I regret selling my medium format camera. I should have. I should have kept it. I can it. tell that you really enjoy it. I know. Shooting. I loved it. You can always get a new one. You know, I could, but um, yeah, maybe one day I'll treat myself. Yeah. It's. The uh, God, I, I I do miss it, but I it's 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 it, you have to you have to like really make the time, yeah. especially for film. I it's agree. It's a commitment. I agree. I always yeah. double shoot. I have film and my digital. With oh, me. you do both. Just it's like back in the day, you had the Polaroids. You um, have you played with Polaroids? They're I fun. Have, I have. They're yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, that company. Who thought they were going to make a comeback? That's crazy. I right? mean, yeah. Everybody likes to have something that you can hold on to. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Do you get any uh, when you were at the Peterson Museum? Did, what kind of uh, what kind of things were you working on there? So I was working in their marketing department. So okay. I was working a lot in their event organization, and again communication. So I did a lot of their invitations. And for instance, for the Porsche seventy fifth, uh, we are Porsche that they have um, the exhibit that they have right now. It's still up, right? Yes. Yeah, it's a good exhibit. I saw it. I it's went to the cool. 30th Boxster uh, anniversary thing. So I organized that. Oh. I was on the panel. Very nice for, job. For that. Thank you. I won a trophy the there. <laughs> I won People's Choice. You won People's Choice. I won People's Choice. Congratulations. Yeah, was, I felt very good about that. I, not People's Choice. No, it was Kids' Choice. Even better. Which is even better. Even I mean, if better. If you've got a sports car, like, who are we targeting here? <laughs> right? Yeah, so those types of events. Uh, um, yeah. It's a good it's, exhibit. I recommend everyone wonderful. go see it. It's really good. They, they. Did you ever go to the Peterson before they redid it? Oh, before they redid it. Before they redid no. it. Yeah. My first time at the Peterson was, I think, two thousand fifteen or fourteen. Oh, it was before they redid it. Look, it wasn't bad, but it was like definitely old. You know, Very it looked different. like it looked like the rest of the car museums. You know, I've seen photographs. Just old school, really yeah. old school, and and they've really brought it up to the standard of. Like you would get at Porsche's museum in in um, Leipzig or in Stuttgart or yeah. you know those really the really really nicely it's done a very, ones. The Peterson is a very special place. Yeah, they give you any seat time and anything. 
Seat time? Yeah, let you drive anything. Oh, seat time. Seat like time. That. Yeah. No, but I, I had fun. All right. <laughs> All right. And so what are you going to do with this Boxster you showed up in? You yeah. You bought it as a commuter, sending it home. Are you going to leave it alone or are we going to put some prototype crazy motor in it? Maybe. I don't know yet. I, I just wanted to take it home, keep driving it, and then play. maybe turn it into 3800S, which is a Boxster that we did. Which is what, a 911 3.8 engine yeah. in there pretty much? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. So I'm yeah. playing with the idea of doing something like that or keeping it all original. Mm -hmm. It's just a sweet car that I've had here. Naturally aspirated or turbocharging? What do you prefer? Hmm. It depends on the car. Are you speaking of the Boxster now? Just no, for just your 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 personal taste. I love turbocharging. The whistles just always, always, always get me. Mm -hmm. But there's just something. There's just some rawness to naturally aspirated cars like the SCR that we have. It just. Both. Can we talk about the new air-cooled car? Yes, we can. Which is crazy. Um, I I saw it uh, at the Quail. It's beautiful. Thank you. Um, but the engineering behind it is pretty insane. So give us the rundown of, of this car. Yeah, so um, the car that you saw at the Quail, I just want to say, is not the final design it's going to be. Oh. So that car is basically the mule for the engine. Okay. So we were able to bring it and run it and do the stress testing on the car. So it's going to have a f different final design. Okay. The engine, it's a four cam three valve um, air-cooled engine. Which, has anyone done no. that before? No. Singer's engine, uh, the DLS engine, is four cam. But yes. it's not three valve, no, right? No, it's four valve. Okay. So what is the significance of three valves versus four valves? Three valve, when you look at the engineering aspect, what the problem, let's go back in history, why the air-cooled was discontinued was because, A, it is quite expensive in production. The most expensive dollars per horsepower gain of Truly. any engine in history. <laughs> Truly, yeah. yes. And B, because when it comes to high speeds, there's a lot of heat nests mm -hmm. where it's quite easy to water cool a car in the cooling system. And for us, we developed the three valve engine, so we have less of these heat nests at high, um, at high stress levels. Okay. So it's basically just an, it's an air-cooled engine that cools itself better. Yes. More, more or less, Yeah, right? it cools itself better, which allows it to perform better. And it's turbocharged. Yes. Twin turbocharged. Twin turbocharged. Okay. Yes, 550 air-cooled powers. That's, that's pretty good amount. That's pretty that's good. All right. yeah, yeah, that's all right. As, especially in the body that it's going to have is a 1,000-kilogram body. Well, that'll that's be where ride. I was going to earlier when it's not a particularly about the horsepower anymore. It's also about the weight-to-horsepower ratio. A 1,000 kilograms in a modern car is not very much. So I imagine extensive carbon fiber use. Our own carbon fiber monocoque. Right. Um, with the integrated steel roll cage, double wishbone suspension. And that's going to be rear wheel drive. That can't yes, be, yeah, yes, you so can't yeah. do all wheel drive no, no, that no, no, way. No, no, right. It has to be rear yeah. wheel drive. That's going to be, and stick shift. Yes, okay. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's going to be insane. I'm, I'm so excited about it. It's and it, But it's in the same family as the the car that you showed, right? It's not like, it's a different design, but it's not like a some like no, wild, no, no. The design, clean sheet the, design, right? No, no, no. So the design of the car, the body that the car, that the engine was in mm -hmm. this year at the Quail is the CTR anniversary mm -hmm. body, which again, we use as a mule because we're still in the design process, but it was important for us to show that we created this engine celebrating the 60 years of the 911. But is the new car going to be in the CTR anniversary family, or are we talking about a complete... I can't say. Oh. Secrets, secrets. 
Oh, there you can hear. I heard. Is there some? Is there sound on that, Zach? Yeah. We heard it. We heard it run. It's smooth. It's very, very smooth. It's very smooth. What I love about it is that you can see everything. It's very. Oh. Sounds nice. Yeah. What it? And it's what a three six or three point eight? Three point six. Three point eight liter twin turbo. Yeah. Sounds smooth. <sighs> Sounds nice. Excites me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds very nice. Yeah. That's exciting. That's really cool. Thank you. And um, but the and the regular um, CTR regular the CTR anniversary <laughs> yes. is a water cooled engine, yes, right? Yeah. Okay. So the, so we're talking about a, a a car that's been in production for a few years as a water cooled car. Yes. Now has a cool air cooled yes. engine. In, yeah. And it's a very pretty car. I like how those cars look like a 911 until you park one next to a 911, and then they all of a sudden. That was the idea. We really wanted to keep the soul of the 911 alive and the charm. When you see an N11, it's a wolf in sheep's skin. Yeah, this is these are this these are real crazy though. Thank you. Complete redesign. I like the I like the uh, the rear the rear treatment of it is very cool. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lovely little car. Very very nice. I stuff. love this green as well. Olive green diamond metallic. It's mm. a very long name, but it's a olive green diamond metallic. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, two point two liter. That is a that is a beautiful color, and it works great with the gold wheels and all that yeah. stuff. I, I'm a big fan of the gold wheels. The gold wheels work. Uh, Zach, do we have anything on the Patreon? Indeed, we've got some uh, questions from our from our fans. Of course, if you want to ask questions of our guests, oh, for are the we show. live right now? Uh, we are. Oh, okay. I didn't yes, know. we are only for the only for the <laughs> patrons, oh, cool. and then everyone else gets to wait. Okay. Yeah, you got to pay the cost to be the boss, and the oh, patrons okay. also get to ask uh, questions. So we can get to some of those. Uh, Retrofit says, why build a, quote, 911 with zero Porsche parts? Uh, why not explore a unique shape? I think the question is, why does the CTR anniversary resemble a 911 at all? I like to say that our family business, we are the biggest Porsche fans. And we love the 911. And everything we do is a celebration of that car and a celebration of the brand. However, um, Porsche is an OEM. It's a big, big company, and a lot of the classic essence that we have fallen in love with, which is mostly the older cars, we wanted to keep that alive with modern technology, with modern um, racing features. And that's why we stay true to that 911 essence. Because you want to have the spirit, but it's still its own car, which mm -hmm. is what we were looking at. That's a good answer. It also, like, you... By having a car, I mean, I'm just taking a swing at this because I'm not in your company, but it, but the, the target customer for that car is someone who already loves 911s yes. and probably already has one or several 911s. Mm -hmm. And so they're seeking a 911 experience that Porsche isn't selling anymore. Versus if you did some clean sheet design. I mean, we were just at the quail. How many people are doing crazy ass clean sheet designs? Mm -hmm. And only some of them are successful. And that's a hard road to separate yourself from everybody yeah. else. I mean, we have played with different designs like the CTR Evo. Yeah. The CTR 3 Evo that we released. That's, that's Has still some of the essence of Porsche. But yeah. That gets the furthest away from Porsche yes. that, that you guys have done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I get it. Uh, Michael Cosgrove says, Aloisa, imagine one day you had twins that grew up in the family business and were equally passionate about all the things that Roof does. I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. Uh, but one of them decided they wanted to practice that passion on a brand other than Porsche. 
We could have just done the last sentence. What other brand would you pick for the roof treatment? I like the storytelling of yeah, this question. Yeah, they, they, like, they always give you a little backstory. Um, that's a really fantastic question. I mean, roof in itself, we are m moving more and more towards independence by creating that car in 2017 that's completely made in-house and completely developed in-house. I think we're just going more in the direction of bringing the roof essence and and whatever story that may be. So we do not know where future designs are going to take us. And I don't know if in the future, I mean, I guess this is assuming when I have children. Well, forget the children part. Yeah. If you were going to, you know, what car, if there's another car out there that you think is deserving of the the things that your company brings to the table, what might that be? I, just, I can't think of anything else. Pure Porsche. Pure Porsche. Pure Porsche. Yeah. Uh, Miguel says, thoughts on the crazy new singer we saw at Pebble. Um, the funny thing about Pebble, um, Zach and I went to the Goodwood Festival of Speed. Oh, nice. And so a lot of the um, product unveilings that happened at Pebble also happened at Goodwood. Oh, okay. And most people don't go to both. Um, unless you're like in the business and have to go to both, and so so the new things that we saw them a lot before. So there's sort of the the, the, the little diminished impact a bit, but I think he means the the singer DLS Turbo. Did you see that thing? I actually didn't see. It's pretty cool. Is it cool? It's yeah. pretty cool. I have to yeah. take a closer it's look. It's crazy. I mean, the DLS in itself, I think, it's wonderful that they're working together with um, Williams. Yeah. And. They That's have great right. engineers behind it. Yeah. yeah. And the, the DLS. Oh, yes. That I saw thing, this on photo. Yeah. DLS Turbo. That's crazy. So what's your, the most interesting thing to me, and we, me and Zach talked about this, is that it's a 934 from the front and a 935 from the from back. The back yeah. And so depending on which angle you look at it, it can look like two different cars, which not everybody loves. But I kind of get why they did that as opposed to doing a slant nose. Um, huh, that's interesting. Right? So, um, and I and also they had two. They had this orange one and they had a go the gold one. I, I think the orange looked one. better than the gold. The gold didn't really work for me. But these things are nuts. They're $3 million. Crazy. And they're going to sell every single one they can build. Um, so it's, yeah, see, so from the front and from the back, it kind of looks like two different things. Yeah. But still, it's rad. It's super cool. It's crazy. Yeah. $3 million. It's money well spent. Um, Joe says, is there any tuned Porsche more iconic than the Yellowbird? I would have to say no. No. <laughs> Unless you want to call, maybe you could call like the Kramer K3s. That's awesome. You know, those 935-based street cars. Mm -hmm. But even so, but I think those that's... those didn't go viral. Like, no, that's... Yellowbird went viral on the Nürburgring video. Yeah. I mean, and, and magazine tests and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it's like the every person was exposed to that car. Yeah. You have to be a pretty big nerd to know what a Kramer K3 is, mm -hmm. whereas you don't have to be that big of a nerd to know what, what a yellow bird is. I, th I think so, I agree. right? Yeah. Uh, Aiden Squire says, uh, in the context, I think we already touched on this, but in the context of automotive enthusiasts, what factors might lead the average roof customer to opt for uh, one of their custom models, and I presume that means a CTR anniversary, over a standard Porsche 911. Why Why would someone want a CTR anniversary versus a GT3 or GT3 RS? 
because we go the extra mile when it comes to the attention of detail. A lot of our customers do enjoy that they can spec out their cars from zero, that there's never a no when it comes to their crazy ideas because we Sometimes like there should be a no, just saying. <laughs> yeah, no, but, you know. Do you ever tell anybody, you never tell anybody no? Some, of co- I mean, of course we tell people You're never no. like, listen, this is going to come out ugly. I, I give suggestions. <laughs> I give suggestions, but at the end of the day, it's going to be their car. Yeah. And I do believe in... We are such a tailor-made company. Why start bringing... I mean, at the end of the day, it's just tastes. If you want to have a crazy sure. interior and exterior, go for it. Now, if this impedes... It's got your, the, your literal name on the car, though. True. True, but if it liter- if it um, if it would alter the performance or safety, absolute no. Mm. Absolute no. And then also, why would one pick one of our cars? It's just, again, the drivability of it is so unique and so different. And I know it's very hard to express this without ha- having driven one um, for others. But it's just, again, the lightness ratio, the analog touch of the car, the in-house developed engine. I mean, it's a completely different story. Mm. It's, yeah, it's it's... You only end up there once you've tried like everything else. It's yeah. an end of the road type car. Or if you, or the beginning of the road even. You think so? It has happened very often that people say, "I've never driven a Porsche. I've never driven a 911." They drive a roof, then they drive a 911. They're like, oh, "We're going." Back. How interesting. Yeah. It would. I can't. I can't imagine how. I mean, I, I'm sure it could happen, but it's just for someone to never drive a 911 and end up at your door. Yeah. It seems unfathomable. But those to are, me. you know, Ferrari collectors, Pagani collectors. Right. That's a very niche, yeah, niche yeah, type yeah. of person. Yeah, I bet your customers are some interesting people. That's, they're yeah. wonderful. Yeah. But I, you know, I was just, um, I was just up yesterday. My friend Jonathan Ward has a company called Icon here in LA. Do you know mm-hmm. Icon? I've heard of Icon. Yes. And they build the best vintage Ford Broncos and Toyota FJ Cruisers on the planet by a okay. lot. Okay. Like, and they're really expensive. They're three to four hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and you can do basically anything. But John has a very specific aesthetic, and if he thinks your end product is gonna be ugly, he will tell you no. He will straight up say like, "Look, you're, this isn't gonna be good." Like, and here's some other options that will end up good. So it's, it's interesting because you got you know that you made a point to say we don't say no. No, but it's we do make our suggestions and we do tell them, yeah. "Look, we could go into this direction instead." And very often, you know, people they change listen. their minds. Yeah. yeah. Did you ever see that guide that Mercedes put out like 15 years ago? It was really for dealers. It wasn't for the public, and it said like. Which paint colors and interior trims and stuff would end up looking like good, and which ones, when you put them together, would look stupid? It was like a suggestion of like I have not seen get your customers to like get these and not these because it's <laughs> going to end up ugly. It was actually a pretty funny chart. Um, and three more. Anders yes. says, uh, and maybe you're familiar with this, and maybe you're is that is that right? Are there three more? Was it there, is the last? Oh, one. there's oh. a bunch more. Yeah, Sorry. Okay. All right. Well. We will, uh, as much time as uh, Eloisa has. Uh, what was the process of roof, parentheses, and Alpina to achieve manufacture, sorry for my German, status in Germany? And uh, is it economically viable today for an aspiring tuner to achieve that status, even with engineering excellence and significant investment? So we actually became a manufacturer in 1981 and have our own roof and number since. Yeah. And um, what was the process? I can tell you the step-to-step 
process because it's probably I was very complicated. It's very complicated. Which forms do you fill out? Oh my god, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I was also the other day I was learning about homologation and certification for the United yeah. States. It's a lot of paperwork. But <laughs> yeah. um, at the end of the day, it's when you create cars from ground up, because what we did or what we do when it comes to those cars, we used to buy body and whites from the Porsche factory and in-house engineer everything else. So the engine, the gearbox, our brakes, we worked together with Brembo. The car was a complete new car except the body. Mm -hmm. And that made us a manufacturer because we physically was more than a tuner. We rarely took uh, engines that already existed and made them more. We created new engines for those cars and we still do. And I think that's where it deviates us from the title tuner, it's where manufacturer. And I unfortunately can't give any more help with the paperwork. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, having been, I've, I haven't visited Roof. I, I would like to next time I'm in Germany. Please I definitely do. would like to come see it. I've been to Alpina, though. Mm -hmm. And considering the volume of cars that they put out, which is pretty low, about 2,000 cars a year globally, the amount of stuff just today that you know the emissions lab they have and the and uh, and the testing and the compliance and all this stuff is so far beyond any tuner i mean it's so it's the, of their their campus where they build like 50% of the campus was emissions testing mm. um and it was just very 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 uh challenging to the point where it was like kind of almost not worth it in the modern world. I think in America we've got we now have the ultra low volume manufacturer thing which allows small volume companies to sell cars in a more cost effective manner than than getting their own VIN numbers and yeah. doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, all wheel drive bias says uh, Aloisa. What has been your experience with roof and video games? <laughs> and these are kind of related, so I just yeah. Whose idea was to? And also, license. Michael says, whose idea was it to license roof to Sony for Gran Turismo when Porsche declined, and how did that come about? That was my mother. Was it? That was all my mother's idea, and Sony did approach us and asked. And there's a great, great roof community in Japan. And that were, that's where Sony's based, and we still have a very close relationship. My personal experiences, I grew up playing with it as well. I mean, I'm also infatuated and tried to get the roof at the end. I mean, it's, yeah. it, was, it was a literal game changer, as Michael said. And yeah, the process was that we were very close with the Japanese market, and we didn't understand how important that was going to be in the future. It was just, oh, yeah, let's have kids yeah. learn about roof through this video would be games. Fun. Who yeah. knew? Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it was a major, major oversight for Porsche to not have be included, to decline that. But it was great for you guys. Yeah, absolutely. And I like to say, you know, when Porsche does well, we do well. When we do well, Porsche does well. Right. It's True. a synergy. So yeah. at the end of the day, Roof is a brand that will always be associated with Porsche. So whatever we do that is good will also benefit yeah. the brand. I mean, look, the, in America, the the value placed on the Nissan Skyline mm -hmm. is directly a result of that car's inclusion in video in games. video games. And not, be, not being available for purchase here. And... The fact that it was so dominant in the video game. We literally, we used to play Gran Turismo and we race each other and be like, no skylines. Because mm -hmm. it was so good. You were, you were <laughs> not allowed to use it. And then when you could, when you all of a sudden could buy one and import it and you, you drive it and it. you go, 
Gran Turismo wasn't exaggerating. This car is crazy fast, you know? And, yeah. and so when someone finally experiences the car in real life and they go, oh, that was not an exaggeration. It's really that crazy. Mm -hmm. So I think that it's amazing that that, what a great marketing for your company. Yeah. Um, I don't love this question, um, but I think you can spin it into something, uh, which Derek says, your father built a brand that's become synonymous with performance Porsches. Uh, as a driver and enthusiast, what have you done to ensure you aren't covered by your father's shadow? But I think you're, I think you are embracing your father's role in yeah. the world and furthering it. Exactly. I don't, I don't see myself being in any type of shadow. Um, we're hand in hand with my mother and the Which, by the way, just... you're on the Smoke Entire podcast right now. He's chilling in the lounge. I know. <laughs> he's on vacation. He's over there. I know. He's he could be guy. on the show if he wanted to be on the show. He's not on the show. Yeah, I know. He's having a coffee. Yeah, I don't think it's a shadow. I think it's um, a dark question. I think it's we both work together for the same goal. Yeah. Uh, your name's on the car, too, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not called an alloy. It's called a roof. <laughs> you got the name also. Uh, Sam says, I'll be in Germany next month and wondering, are people welcome to stop by roof and have a look around? I promise not to fanboy out too much. Sam, you can fanboy as much as you like. Please, to everybody, you can come visit us in Pfaffenhausen. This invitation obviously also buy some goes merch. to both of you. Yes, buy, buy a t-shirt, buy a jacket, buy a car. Um, <laughs> buy a car, like, yeah. If you'd like a factory tour, you have to schedule a meeting. Um, beforehand, you could do this through email or per phone, but we're very open to tours Good. and to yeah. people there. Get a tour. Um, Chris says, Aloisa, you quoted your grandfather as saying, big money comes from electricity. Our future <laughs> lies in electricity. Do you see an electric future for roof and our new e-roof? Did you just come up with e-roof, Chris? No, it existed. Oh, it did? Yeah, in 2007, we were the first um, did you car manufacturer. Yeah. Was there an electric? What was it? 9 an electric 911. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, must I can tell you a little back. Oh. Must have missed that one. Uh, but anyway, yeah. Let's, we'll oh, just sorry. roof. Uh, yeah. I mean, anyway. Being worked on, do you think it's possible to engineer? Is it possible to engineer an electric driving experience as exciting and unique as the internal combustion cars? So I did say big money comes from electricity. Our future lies in electricity. But I was quoting my grandfather. And as a little backstory, my grandfather um, said this in the 1940s and 50s, post-war Germany. Sure. And he didn't mean it in the sense of cars. He meant, we, my family, we have three hydroelectric power plants oh. and, <laughs> all of, yeah. and all of roof is powered um, by green energy. And okay. we do believe that there is a yin and yang when it comes to being eco-friendly and um, being, doing, <laughs> that's actually not the car, that's a concept photo. Oh. But, um, Sorry, that's what you have thought. No, um, hydroelectric power Hydroelectric plants. power plants. And um, we do believe that it's important to take care of our nature and to make sure that we can do what we can do for the greater good while still having fun in life with driving fun cars. And we did develop the e-roof in 2007, and that was more of a dinner conversation that turned into reality because um, my father is friends with some of the people from Siemens in Germany. Mm. And my father was explaining to him how a hydroelectric power plant works. And my dad just goes, wouldn't it be great if we could put all of the energy from our power plant into our car? Like, would that even, would that even work? This was when Tesla was beginning to develop their cars. Mm -hmm. And they said, yeah, that should be possible. And we created seven e-roofs. They wow. still run. They're fun. Yeah, that's... 
Well, how much power do they make? Do I actually, remember? I actually don't know. Off Have the you driven one specs. before? Um, yes, briefly, briefly, yeah. briefly, briefly. How interesting! I did. I never. Uh, I had never heard of that before. Yeah, and that's we were the first. Oh, neat. there it is. Yeah, which that's one? The white one. The white that? one. Yeah. Oh, oh, it also has the uh, your the Targa thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like. I actually really liked that that Targa soft window thing that you guys did. That was Thank fun. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And when it comes to the future of roof, because that was also part of the question, we oh look, we also made a. Yeah, sorry. Um, when it comes to the future of Roof, it is important for us and for our audience to know that we are a 90 employee company and that we want to keep it niche and have our engineering that we've been working on since 1939 and to continue that legacy and leave the mobility to the bigger, bigger OEMs. I like that answer. That yeah. you, you guys going electric is not saving the planet. No. It's it's not. You're talking about exactly. a small number of cars driven a small number of kilometers cars a year. A year. <laughs> that, you, no, you no one's changing anything. But we that. but we kind of uh, we always get a kick out of doing things first. If you couldn't tell, so we no, I mean, that's, did that uh, and that's, played that's with that's it, neat. and we know uh, we can do it. And for sure, yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. I learned that that existed today. Yeah. But like. Uh, you know, let let Porsche have the Taycan and exactly. whatever else, and you guys will build cars for people that are looking for something else. They and I certainly hope that governments would not force a company of your size to to mm -hmm. to change the direction. That would just be an unbelievable waste of resources for them. That would result in no change to the environment at all. I agree. Yeah, be crazy. Uh, Martin Bueno says. Dream combination engine gearbox chassis for a Canyon or Swiss Alps car. Sorry, I was a bit and I can't, and I can't and we can't use my car. Hmm. My my four and a half liter Boxster Spider doesn't count. So you got an engine, oh, a chassis, and a gearbox for a perfect Canyon car. You've now experienced our canyons. What yeah. would you build? Huh. I think I have to sit on the question a little longer. Okay, I'm sorry. We'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. I have to. These uh, are the last three. Oh, this is the last three? Mm -hmm. Okay, wait a second. Uh, all right, Mr. X has a thick question here. Classics of tomorrow versus yesteryears. Uh, wait, the t what is the timeline for tech to hold up functionally, especially giant LCD screens? I saw a video about the Dark Horse and the engineers geeking out on the new setup. But what are we ex are we expecting that to be functional in 50 years, like we can drive a 1973 classic now, or example my Mach E slow vehicle updates? How will OBD2 uh, cars uh, handle in 50 years? Will be, there be a mass extinction of cars? I mean, I think that's a problem. These LCD screens are not going to hold up, um, but I don't I don't think car manufacturers are prioritizing that for the most part. Mm -hmm. They I want agree. to sell you a car today. Right. Which know. I think is quite sad because, again, having starting to work in the restoration department, I believe in the beauty of fixing instead of replacing. Mm -hmm. And I think that you to keep the car alive for a very long time is very important, as you can see, the quick flow and all of those yeah. things. And when it comes to now going back to being eco-friendly... All these things are doing yeah, the exact I mean, opposite. Designing, if you build boxes of plastic that will live for 10, 15 years right. and then mm -hmm. you can't drive them anymore. Yeah. Keeping a car on the road 
and running well and running as clean as and it you can have run. one car for 20 years and it yeah. runs and you can fix it it's great yeah but there, i but i can also sympathize with oems who are who are trying to sell a lot of cars to a lot of, of people and the tech is how they're doing it people expect their phones to integrate people expect cars to be pretty smart and so maybe not by us by you and i but they're under pressure from the masses to build tech integrated cars aren't they i agree yeah especially electric cars how i mean how annoying would it be for ford or tesla to build an electric car that didn't have screens you know like no the analog gauges it would be so no. weird wouldn't it just be really strange mm-hmm. so and it's not like you know when they were building cars with carburetors they weren't future-proofing them for the eventuality of, like, fuel injection. Like, carburetors at the time were the most advanced technology, and then fuel injection came out and made the car obsolete. So, like, his question of will OBD2-reliant cars, how will they work in 50 years? I mean, we don't know. Yeah. But it's, like, it's not the OEM's intent to, to design technology to know what we're going to use in 50 years. You right. Know? I mean, everything might be, everything, everything will probably, probably be wireless. And they'll, the they'll probably find a way to maintain a computer system that mm-hmm. will be able to connect to OBD2, probably, you know. Yeah. It seems like they make those standards last quite a long time. Yeah. So, Dude, 96, that's when OBD2 started. It's 96. Yeah. We were t- my electric car yeah. is brand new. You know, it's a new car, it's t- but it still has OBD2. And that port was not ever designed for the type of data transfer that, that a modern car needs. <laughs> so my car needed like a total system update. It's like five gigabytes of data, oh you know, and the car had to be plugged into literally the wall <laughs> for like three days because it, it was crazy. <laughs> and it's it's like, okay, I get it that this is, the, it just was never developed for that type of data transfer. Yeah. So yeah, funny stuff. Uh, was that the last one, Zach? Uh, yeah, these these two are the final. <coughs> oh, excuse me. If you want to hit them. Sean says, planning on buying my first Porsche. Budget, $45,000, and it will be my fourth car. Leaning towards a 997 Carrera 2S. Is there a better entry point to Porsche at that budget? Um, that's a great entry point to Porsche. I was going to say, that's a great car. Great car. But you could also get a great Cayman S for that mm-hmm. kind of money, or Boxster S, if you wanted. I'd go for the 997. You would go for the 997? I'd go for the 997. Yeah, that's a lovely car, um, and it's a great entry point to Porsche. It's yeah. well-made. It'll be fun to drive. Mm-hmm. It's the right size. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Approved. Approved. <laughs> Approved, yeah. Also, I will, I'll th- I will uh, yeah, that or, or a, great, a great Cayman S would also be yeah, really nice if you Cayman. want the, uh, the mid-engine experience. And I still don't oh, too much pressure, question. Martin. She's bailing out. Sorry, Martin. Too much maybe pressure. But uh, <laughs> maybe you can come back when you put a 3.8 liter engine in your. Uh, no, we talking. <laughs> well, thank you for your time. Thank you for coming in. I'm such a big fan of uh, what your company does, and uh, I'm glad we got to hang out and chat. I will come meet you uh, and uh, at the factory next time I'm please in Germany. Do. Please, I was, both of you. I was like kind of close when I was there with uh, with Porsche for Spider RS a couple months ago. 
Why didn't you swing by? Because I was on Porsche's time. I had oh, to drive God. the Spider RS, oh, which is a lovely product. I was going to say, life can be so hard. <laughs> if, I, if, I t- if I ditched off the Spider RS launch to go be like, I'm going to go to Roof right now, oh, they would have been pissed. No, <laughs> that's, that's Don't not, do that. That's not what they would have wanted. But make time, and we would love to have you. And to, I'd love to. For you to experience our cars and yeah, no, I need to have the essence go. of what our factory looks like. Both of you, It'd please. Be so cool. And thank yeah. you for having me today. Of it's course. Been a delight. Um, follow, you can follow Eloisa on her Instagram and of course um, you know you know where to find roof cars you can just you can just yeah, find it it's at me. at Aloisa A-L-O-I-S-A-R-U-F uh, on the gram and uh, yeah roof cars are rad they Thank continue you. to be rad um, see you guys next time bye